Hey, New Life Church, so good to have you guys here with us today. As a church statewide, we're actually starting off our big screen series, which is a series where we just take movies and dissect biblical principles out of it and tell people about the good news of Jesus through movies. It's a really awesome series, but we're actually not allowed to show them online through digital. So if you wanna be able to watch this, uh, this series and participate in that, maybe you wanna bring a friend, it's a great series to be able to bring a friend to to hear about Jesus. Just go to newlifechurch.tv and check out which location is closest to you. I'm personally inviting you to check out this series. You do not wanna miss it. We don't always say that, but I'm telling you this, you don't wanna miss it. But we are gonna take some time to worship right here today. And so before we get into worship, I just wanna read you guys a scripture. In Philippians chapter four, verse eight through nine, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I think the true definition of worship is saying, God, whatever is inside of my spirit that doesn't belong there, I'm willing to give that up so I can worship you freely. I think whenever we come into worship and we're carrying weight from the previous week or from that exact day, Sometimes it distracts us and lets us not really be able to see what God is trying to do in our life. But whenever we say, God, it's yours, we can freely worship. And so that's the posture I want you guys to have here today as you're worshiping. Let's give it all to him. Let's worship his name. Good morning. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship Jesus. the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this vagabond. And I try with all my might, and I just can't win the fight, I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. Sing about you, save 
this next song we're going to sing. It's called I Speak Jesus. It's brand new for us. So let's sing it out as we hear it.
Anytime we sing that name, Jesus, I just truly believe that it opens up an invitation for him to move in our lives. You know, at church, we've been writing on these prayer cards, things that we need answered in our lives or things that we're gonna give up so that God can move in our lives. And I just want you to think today, what's that one thing that you either need to bring to the cross or you need God to change or, or answer in your life I believe that he wants to do something in this message today that we're about to hear from Marcus Brown. And so uh, let's be attentive and let's keep our ears open, like it says in the Bible. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear, because I believe God wants to show you something today. Let's pray over service today. We're also going to lift up uh, Midtown Baptist Church out of Little Rock. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. I pray that you would be here with us today. God, I pray that you would speak through Pastor Marcus as he's going to bring a word that's going to challenge us. And Lord, I thank you for Midtown Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Greg Coleman. I know that right now they're going through a series on the Gospel of Luke. I pray that you would use that church to, to reach all of Midtown and the surrounding areas as well, the Heights and Hillcrest and Little Rock and the suburbs of Little Rock as well. God, use that church to be a light. We love you so much, and we ask all this in your mighty and precious name. Amen. All right, well, we got a word from Pastor Marcus, so let's do it. If you love Jesus, let's put our hands together for him one more time. You ready for the word of God? We are going to teach Jeremiah 18 today. Go there in your Bibles. We're going to talk about the potter. We're going to talk about the clay. Uh, from the first time this sermon was preached, Satan hated it so bad, the king tortured Jeremiah over this sermon. 
Now, I've gotten some weird reactions out of sermons that I've preached before. Uh, one time when Brooke and I were pastoring in New York City, a family in the middle of my sermon held up a sign that said, we want our other pastor back. <laughs> Which I was just thinking, I just want one person saved up in here, you know? And, uh, I remember another time, that, well, it's like the second time I preached. If you think today's going to be bad, you can't imagine what it was like in my early years. Uh, <laughs> every time I'd preach, I'd get off stage and my mom would go, that's the best sermon I have ever preached in my life. My dad was a preacher. She'd be like, you're so much better than your dad. And so, but one time I was preaching and in the middle of the sermon, I realized I was taking the word out of context. And then it humiliated me. I was like, oh, I'm preaching heresy. So I wrapped it up, went to the front row, and my mom goes, that's the best sermon. How many of y'all know mamas will lie to you? You know what I'm saying? I've ever heard in my life. I said, mama, I said, I took it all out of context. She said, oh, who cares? Nobody cares about context or out of context. It's great. Thank God for good mamas. Amen. Pastor Rick preached a sermon one time, got to the foyer. This guy had been here. I may have been his first time here. <laughs> he walked up to Rick and he said, that's the best blankety, blankety. He cussed the three mamu cuss words. He put them all together in one sermon that I've ever heard in my life. And then Rick kind of fell down. Security ran over there. It's amazing. Then I was thinking about <laughs> There's a pastor in Little in uh, Tulsa. Y'all might remember this. It was on the news. He preached, and somebody walked down and punched him in the face. He was bleeding from his eye. And this dude, it made the news. He was such a man of God. He had blood running down his face. And he goes, everyone stand. Let's pray for him. I'm going to tell you, that would never happen with me. All right, you know what I'm saying? And then, he's so godly. Their security was so godly, they gently walked him out, and he punched two more people on his way out. If you do that here, we ain't got any godly people around here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he preaches, Jeremiah preaches on the potter and the clay, and he talks about how God forms your life, and it upset the king so bad, he said, I'll form you. He wrapped him in chains and tried to kill him. Wrapped him in chains, contorted his body, and he said, I'll be God. I want everybody to listen to me. Satan hates this sermon because of what it can do in your life. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach until I sense that, you know what? We've gotten everything we need to get from God. And then we're going to respond. Because one thing, if he's the potter and you're the clay, the clay yields to the potter. And I, and I believe this, and I love what Pastor Rick started last week with our response time. Because I think we need to be, as people of God, a people that quickly react to God. Like we don't wait. I remember one Sunday I left here and I got down the road and I was trying. We had a powerful service. It was like on repentance or something. And I was and I got out and I was trying and I was already forgetting what God had told me. I don't want to ever leave here with unfinished business with God. Amen. Because if He's the Potter and you're the clay, you've got a role in this. Everybody said Amen. 
and I'm going to learn my role. I remember it was the first song I learned when I was four years old, and I would sing it in church all the time, and the old ladies would cry. People would hand me money at the door, and it was, <laughs> and it was, it was that y'all, some of y'all people remember, he goes, he's still working on me. Y'all remember this song? Oh, if you remember, you got to sing it with me. To make me what I ought to be. Some of y'all didn't grow up in church. Come on. <laughs> Took him just a week to make the moon and the star, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Some of y'all went to Sunday school. He still, like, to the day you die, God is going to be working on you. People don't get, get mad at God because of him being a father. They don't get mad at God because of him being a savior. They don't get mad at God at the favor. Nobody's ever went, God, your favor's too much. You're just so faithful. I'm mad at you. I got some of that today. Favor from heaven. For six weeks, I've been going to Starbucks, and I order egg whites. And on my egg whites, I always ask them for sriracha sauce. I said, I, I said, I need some, uh, some egg whites. I said, okay, I said, I need some sriracha sauce with it. And I never get my sriracha sauce. Six weeks in a row, I go, and I've turned it into a conversation. I'm at the, my kids are with me. I said, you know what? I, there's a sauce that you guys have. We have a full conversation about it. And right there at the draft, they said, well, what is it? I said, it's some sriracha sauce. I said, I said, do you have sriracha sauce? They said, we got sriracha sauce. I, said, I love my sriracha sauce on my egg bites. And I get to the window, and they never give me sriracha sauce. Not once. And then my kids turned to me, and they said, you got to ask them at the window. I said, I'm not asking them at the window. This is a game. Asking at the window is cheating. Everybody said amen. <laughs> I said, they're going to remember my sriracha sauce week one, week two, week three, week four. Last week, God didn't even move because I didn't get my sriracha sauce. And, I get, and today, I'm in line at Starbucks, and Turner Moore texted me and said, I'm praying you get sriracha sauce today. <laughs> I'm getting and I pulled up to the window, and that lady said, I got two sriracha sauces. Amen. And then she said, and guess what? I said, what? The car in front of you paid for your meal. What? Put this on top of your notes. This is a sriracha Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Nobody gets mad at God for his goodness or his faithfulness. They don't get mad because he's such a good Savior. You know what people get mad at God? I want you to write down because he's a potter. Every time you've ever gotten mad at God, you're like, what are you doing? Where are you at? Did you not show up for ceramics class today? They don't get mad at God because he's faithful. They get mad at God because they say, what are you doing with my life? But the moment God formed man, he became a potter. He took man out of the dust of the earth, and the Bible says he formed him. Everybody say formed. That meant he squeezed him. Now, this is what's interesting. The Bible says that he fashioned woman but formed man. 
And that means every man has looked in the mirror and went, well, I think he kind of squeezed me, and, and then I, I just, you look like you plopped out, all right? But every, everybody over 45 knows that's true, all right? But when it comes to women, he fashioned them, which I said that means it's complicated, and Brooke said that means it's intricate, but uh, same thing. And it's in detail he made you. But he's a potter either way. And if he's the potter and I'm the clay, clay's got business to do. We can't dictate to the potter what he does in our life, but we can dictate what God can do in us. Amen? The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and I'll cause you to hear my words. Went down to the potter house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as seemed good to the potter. Everybody say, as seemed good. Like how God is shaping your life may not seem good to you, but it will always seem good to the potter. Amen? And that means there's going to be some times where you go, I don't think this is good for me, but six months down the road or a year down the road, you'll go, that was just what I needed. You got to trust God. Listen to me. We sing songs. He's a good, good father. We need to change the word and say, he's also a good, good potter. He says, as seemed good <laughs> to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand. And then the second you give your life to the Lord, he puts his hands on your life. Everybody listen to what I'm about to tell you. And there's not a moment in your life that his hands are not on you. Amen? Amen? And God says, I take the good things, the bad things, but a good potter doesn't take him, his hands off the clay. Isaiah 64 says, but now, O Lord, you are the father. We are the clay. You're the potter. And all we are the work of your hands. You're not a self-made man. You may have had some ideas. You're not a self-made woman. You may have some passions in life, but all of us in this building are the works of the hand of a good, good potter. Everybody say potter. Now, if he's a good potter and I'm clay, this is what you got to know about clay. Number one, clay can only be molded by water. Clay can't be molded by a nagging wife. <laughs> clay can't... <laughs> I didn't hear one amen from a man. You guys have learned the hard way. There you go. It can't be. Hey, Clay, you, matter of fact, let me tell you something. Only water, and there can't be a single chemical in that water. It is dust. Out of dust are the words that were, you were formed. And water, and it's got to be pure water. People that got mad at the church over the last three or four years, you know what they're mad at? Either they want us to add something to the water or we did add something to the water and they, they realized we did. You know what I'm saying? 
They want you to add a lot of opinions, a lot of personal passions, a lot of whatever, if it's politics or whatever's going on in the world. They're like, I'm looking for a church that adds something to the water. And if we ever did, you would never be molded into the character of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because it is pure water and pure uh, dust that comes together. What is the water? It is over and over in the, word, in the, in the Bible. I want you to write it down. It's the Word of God. The Word of God is written, and the Word of God is a person, and His name is Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus. It's everything from Genesis to Revelations. It's everything about Him. When you take dust and you marry it with the water of the Word, then God says, now I can start forming you into the image of Christ. And what does it take? To be ready for water, I want you to write this down. It takes humility. How, anybody in here got young teenagers right now? Them young ones? Like if, if they're 11 to 14 and a half, raise your hand. All right. Prayer team, go to these people. The end of service. Because there comes a point where these sweet little kids start becoming a little prideful. You, it starts by how long they look in the mirror. You know, you start, why are you looking in the mirror so long? I'm going to give you parents a pro tip. Those of you who take your kids to school, I'll tell you how to humble them. This is what I love to do. I get in line. I find a Taylor Swift song, Why You Gotta Be So Mean. And I roll down the windows, and I play, Why You Gotta Be So Mean. And I tell you, it humbles them. It'll make them run from a block away to school. Praise God. But, but I'm going to tell you this. It takes humility to be able to receive the word. When you think you got it together, nothing's going to get inside that dust. Nothing is going to form clay. It takes an attitude that says, I need you, God. Every person that walked in this building today going, God, I need a word. Guess what? You're going to get one. Every person who walked in this place saying, I don't know, I'll just check it out and see. It's going to be hard to get one. But when you have this humble, this is what's so funny. When I talk about humility and I read about humility, it seems boring to me because all of us are full of pride. We don't even like humble leaders. We like narcissistic pride people. We follow them. There's something, I'm going to tell you, pride comes from Adam. Humility comes from Jesus. And it, you have to say, humility is taking residence in my heart. It is the only way in between the water of the word and this dust is a humble spirit ready to receive. I call it the synovial fluid of your spirit. When you see someone that's locked up with arthritis, can't move their hands, they've, got, they've lost synovial fluid. I've got family that's like this. They walk around in pain. The, the, the weather changes. Maybe it's in their knees. Maybe it's in their back. But the problem is their body has either quit producing that fluid or they're low on that fluid. That's where arthritis steps in. When you see people who've been saved a long time, but there is no spiritual growth, here's the problem. They have spiritual arthritis. The synovial fluid of the Christian life is keeping a spirit of humility. And if you keep humility your whole life, you will grow until you step into heaven. If you don't, you'll get locked up on arguments. 
You'll get locked up on conspiracies. You'll get locked up on personal passions. You'll get locked up on the wrong things. But when you say, God, I'm lost without you. I'm helpless without you. I'm hopeless. I know man can't live on bread alone. I need a word from you, God. My spirit's got to hear from you. That humble, desperate spirit, God goes, oh, here comes some water. And I'm going to take that water, and I'm going to take that dust, and I'm going to start molding you. Clay can only be molded by water. So much so. Okay, let me get to point number two, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll finish this. Clay must be separated. Like you take dirt, you put water in, you start mixing it. The first thing the potter feels is things that are not dust. There's rocks in there. Some grass in there. You know, you got some, some junk in there. That thing's going to be discolored. And I got to separate what shouldn't be there to what should. And so when Jeremiah is teaching this, he says, Return now, everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. Let's all read this together. We're going to break this down slow. You guys ready? One, two, three. Return now. All right, class, all of us. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Return now, everyone, from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. He's like, wait, with the water is the word. But this, this is what he's learning from the potter. He's separating some things. So he stops the sermon and watch this. He says when to do it. He says return when? Now. If you're ever going to return to the Lord, you know when you do it? Now. If, listen to me. If you are deciding when you're going to get rid of a sin, when you're going to get rid of a habit, when you're going to give your heart to Christ, you, then you are not clay. Return now means the moment I know I'm going to react. Return when? Now. And then who's this for? Because some of you are like, man, I hope so. I was getting this. <laughs> They're writing their notes big and putting them on their left leg so they can read it. And he goes, hold on just a second. Return now. And guess who needs things separated from their life? Every single one of us. Let's say that. Every single one of us to return. Everyone. Now watch this. From Now he makes this personal. Because I, I could say, like, everybody, everybody doesn't have the same sin. And you know what? He didn't have to say what it is. Listen to me, because you know what it is. You know what the thing you're tripping up over. It doesn't take you more than 10 seconds to go, I know what it is. And he goes, return now. Everyone from his evil way. I got this one thing that, that's like a weight to me. I got this one thing that is tripping me up. And I go, return now, everyone, from his way and make your ways and your doings good. So when you say, all you're saying is, I, listen to me, when the potter has the clay, you are allowing him to remove things from your life. I had a mentor that laid hands on me and he said this, let nothing die in Marcus that needs to live. And let nothing live in him that needs to die. Amen? When I, 
meet with people that need things removed from their life. I used to do it this way. I'd say, here they go, you know, I got a problem in this, I got a problem with that, and I know there needs to be a separation. I used to do it this way. We, I would say, well, let's meet it out back for lunch. I'd pick a decent restaurant. Then we'd sit down, they'd order a good meal, and we'd sit there, and five minutes in, we're going to laugh. I'm going to make them laugh. We're going to have a good time, you know. And then they'll open up, and then I'm going to listen, because when I listen, it makes them feel loved, you know. And I'll just put my hand like this, you know, over those little onion rings. And uh, blooming onion, hold on one second. Then I'm going to give them some advice, blow them away. They're like, oh, my gosh, I've never heard of wisdom like that before. Trust me, I got it. All right, then. (laughs) And then they leave, and nothing happens. And a day later, you know what they do? Can I meet with you again? And I got so frustrated with this because I said, God, I said, I'm going nowhere. And he dropped a whisper in my spirit. And he said this, because you are trying to shake them. And then I changed everything. Because it doesn't matter where you meet. I'll listen to what they're going through. This is what I started doing. I said, I got two scriptures for you. I want you to go home. And I want you to read these scriptures. And I said, if you can, find one more. And then what I want you to do is text me back and tell me what you think God is saying to you. Because now... Listen to me. I'm not trying to shape them. Now I'm putting them on the potter's wheel. This is what you got to lead people to. You got to lead people to the potter's wheel. And then the craziest thing happened because no matter how good a lunch went, it didn't go this good. Because they'll get before God, text me back and say, Oh my gosh, I think the Lord spoke to me and told me to do this according to this scripture. And then guess what? They do it. When I give people advice, They don't do it. But when God speaks to them, none of them, not even my kids, right? But when God speaks to them, they change. You want to know why? Because no personality can shape anybody. You can be aggressive. You can be nagging. You can laugh all day long. You can put pressure on. You can give flattery and tell them how beautiful they are and they're not. You can do whatever you want. You can, you can throw shame in there. You can put, throw pressure in there. You can throw guilt in there. And none of that conforms uh, anybody like when they get along with God and he begins to remove things and separate things and show them exactly what to do. Everybody said amen. Last thing, quickly. Number three, Clay, Clay's got to go through the fire. <laughs> For Clay to last, it's got to go through the fire. This is where people get mad at God. Because it's just like, I kind of like them. I got around the Word. I got in the life group. God goes, if I just leave you separated and watered, you're going to last about two months. If you're going to last a lifetime, i got to take you through some fire. Last Friday, I went and got my blood checked. I had COVID 15 months ago. They were, they were checking all my blood. And I said, I want an antibody test. I want to see if i got antibodies. So I said, there's no way you're going to have antibodies. I said, you have no idea. I can feel them inside of me. Antibodies <laughs> everywhere. I said, I am an antibody. And... Uh, <laughs> Two days later, I got the report back. And I was talking to them on the phone. They said, you got robust antibodies. I've never been robust at anything in my life. 
I feel so good. I, every time I describe my antibodies, I was like, by the way, I'm robust, you know. Is this robust antibodies? I came home, I told Brooke, I got it. I said, you may not want my body, but you're going to want my antibody. <laughs> Thank you, because she didn't laugh. And, uh, But to get all of that, there was some pain to go through, right? Everybody you've ever seen that you've received something from their life and you went, they spoke into my life and they made a difference. They had been watered by the word. They had been separated, every single person. Even if you didn't know they were speaking the word in conversation, they were. And you know what happened to them too? They had been through the fire. Because I, I want you to know this, that for you to mature, you're going to have to have fire in areas of your life. And you will have to trust God in the fire. He doesn't cause every fire, but he uses every single one of them in your life. And some of you are, are right now, you're in a fire. I was at ICU standing out somebody's room yesterday praying for them. Now, I looked to my right, and I saw a man standing outside the glass looking at his wife, and he was bawling. And my first thought was, I don't know how many fires he's been through. He's in one right now. And I don't know what all is going to happen, except I know this. He's going to be changed on the other side of this fire. And it is in the fire that God brings out things in you that you never knew were in you. He just doesn't toughen you during the fire. He brings things out of you in it. In, in the Northeast, they have this pine cone. It's called the Jack Russell pine cone. And, Jack, and this jack pine. And it's the pine cone. Like down here, you can have pine cone wars. There, you kill somebody. They're wound so stinking tight. And they're full of seeds on the inside. And the only way that pine cone releases its seed is during a forest fire. It will lay there for six or seven years. But once a fire hits it, all the seeds on the inside come out. And you may be saying, I don't know why this happened to my family. I don't know why this happened in my career. And I don't know why this happened in my body. And I don't know why this happened in my finances. I don't know why I had to kiss them goodbye for the last time. And I, I, I don't know why they broke the vow. And I don't. I don't know why, but there comes a point when you're on the potter's wheel that why leaves and you go, I'm not asking why anymore. I'm asking how you're going to use this. I'm asking how you're going to use the fire to use me as a vessel of honor. Amen. You know, speaking about the potter and the, the clay, I believe that our lives can many times be like that. And God has a goal to really design your life into the way that he's intended. But I think in order for that to be able to be the case, we have to be willing to let him do something inside of our life. And really that just takes full surrender. And so uh, whether it be in an in-person service or on digital, we just always like to give a single person even an opportunity to be able to respond to the message and, and let God really mold their life. And so... Uh, it says in the Bible that those who believe in Jesus will be saved. Think about what that means. Uh, saved from worry, 
saved from fear, saved from temptation, saved from a, a life entirely dedicated to mistakes. And so if that's you today, I just want to be able to give you an opportunity right where you are in the comfort of your home or maybe you're driving down the road or you're in your living room, just an opportunity to be able to respond to this message and accept Jesus into your heart. So the way I like to do this is I just like to say a prayer as if I'm saying it right here. And I do believe in this prayer. And I just want you to repeat it maybe to yourself and believe it in your heart as well. But let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, I'm so thankful for what you've done by sending your son Jesus to go to the cross. God, for coming into my heart and God changing me and forgiving me. Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but God, you've forgiven me anyway. So Lord, I love you. I put my trust in you. I'm running after you all the days of my life. God, I dedicate my life to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, look, hey, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus, maybe for the first time, or you rededicated your life to him today, uh, we would love to be able to know who you are. And so if you just want to text the word CONNECT to 88,000, we would love to be able to reach out to you and get you plugged in. But before we go here today, I also just want to remind you guys of a few ways that you can give here through our digital service as well that are right here on the screen. And, and as you look at those options, I just wanted to read you guys a scripture. Um, it's actually found in Hebrews 13, 15. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Uh, the two words that I under, underlined whenever I was reading the, script, the scripture is the word sacrifice and the word praise, because I think it proves that worship is, is honestly a way for us to be able to give. Giving is honestly a way for us to be able to worship. And I think this is the way that God wants us to live out our lives in a posture where our hands are in front of us, saying, God, anything that is, that is mine, I know is actually yours. I give you all of me. And so I want to pray over our giving here today. Would you join me in prayer? God, we love you. And Lord, I pray that we would have open hearts, God, open hands, like a posture just like this, God, to say, Lord, whatever is mine, I give to you. Lord, I give to you freely and I do it cheerfully, God. Because Lord, I know it says in your word that we can test you, that a blessing will come over our lives like never before when we do. So Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, again, thank you so much for being here with us today. Don't forget about Big Screen. Go to newlifechurch.tv to figure out the closest location to you and give us a chance. We'd love to be able to worship in a building with you. But don't leave yet. We're still going to continue to worship. Let's do that right now.
You 